Let's pray. Heavenly Father, open the way that we might hear from you today. We thank you for your priests through the ages and our great high priest, Jesus. We ask that he would bring us into your presence now, that we might hear from you. We pray this in his name. Amen. Well, today I want to talk about priesthood. Perhaps you watched the coronation of King Charles earlier this year. Hard to believe it was actually this year, but it was in May. He wore some pretty impressive garments during that ceremony of crimson velvet, of gold lace and ermine um, trim on his robes. Everything was finely embroidered. And, of course, on top of his head was this gold crown encrusted with diamonds. All of this gear was distinctive. Uh, Tunics, surcoats, robes and crowns, these are not what everyone wears out on the street and doing their business. It's only what kings and queens wear. All of this is not only distinctive, it's it's extremely valuable uh, because the office that the king or the queen holds, the role they play, is also extremely valuable. But they hold for us the power of the state, the power which orders and rules our common life. In today's passage in Exodus, a distinctive and valuable garment is described, the ephod, that the Lord says is to be made for the high priest of Israel, who is Aaron in the first instance. Verse 6 of our Old Testament reading, make the ephod of gold, and of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and of finely twisted linen, the work of skilled hands. This ephod was something that only the priests wore. It was a bit like a king's crown or a barrister's gown. It signalled that the wearer was a priest. They inhabited a certain office. It was a distinctive garment for a distinctive work, a valuable garment for a valuable work. Today, I want to talk about, firstly, the work of a priest and its value. Secondly, I want to talk about Jesus' priesthood. And then thirdly and lastly, I want to talk about our priesthood. So, firstly, the work of a priest is to open the way to fellowship with God. And this was done in Aaron's case through the tabernacle. If you haven't been with us uh, over the last few weeks at St Edmunds, we have been going through Exodus 19, and we're now from Exodus 19 to 28, we're now at 28, and previously in this section, God has called Israel out of slavery uh, in Egypt to meet him at Mount Sinai, and there he has given them a law, the Ten Commandments. Um, That was Exodus 20, and in Exodus 24, uh, Israel received this law, and the deal was sealed, the covenant between God and the people was established. Um, Subsequent to that, Moses has ascended the mountain again, and in Exodus 25 last week, the Lord has called for the making of a tabernacle um, that he may dwell among them, a kind of elaborate, uh, luxurious tent. Uh, Today, along with that tabernacle, is the call for the institution of a priesthood to serve the Lord in the tabernacle. This is Exodus 28 which begins, let Aaron your brother be brought to you from among the Israelites 
with his sons Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, so that they may serve me as priests. Now, the tabernacle uh, was not like a church uh, where we all kind of crowd in and are, are part of what goes on in there. The tabernacle was rather really the place where the priests did their work. Others more or less stayed out. Uh, there was uh, a lamp burning in the holy place to be tended. Bread was to be placed on the holy table in the holy place. Um, incense was to be burned in there. And there were various sacrifices, many different kinds, that were offered day by day in the tabernacle court altar by the priests. Um, and this was therefore a special work in a special place. It was a valuable work because the tabernacle was a place of fellowship, the place of fellowship between the Lord and his people, the place where the Lord and his people uh, came, in a sense, face to face, the, the interface of that relationship. And the priests, they kind of kept open that way to God. They maintained that fellowship with God that the tabernacle, the tent of meeting it's called, made real. The world we live in and we enjoy is shot through with, with goodness. It's informed by wisdom. It's open to meaning. It's shaped by love. And all this goodness and wisdom and meaning and love has its source in God, the transcendent creator of it all. But we, through sin, through our turning aside from God, have been estranged from him. The goodness, the wisdom, the meaning and love in the world has become hard to see. And there are other things that we experience in the world. Life can become fearful because of evil, because of absurdity, because of foolishness, because of cold indifference in what we face. So a way back to God is a way in from the cold. A way back to God is a way to peace, to life as it was intended to be by God, that is abundant and rich, beautiful and joyful. And if the priest can open the door to that, can give access to God, can make a way for us to come into the presence and the fellowship and the blessing of God, then they are worth even more than kings and barristers. This was the work of the priest, to draw near to God on Israel's behalf and to draw Israel into God's presence to maintain the openness and fellowship and peace between God and his people. The priest bore the names of the Israelites before God so that they would be blessed by God. Verse 11, engrave the names of the sons of Israel on the two stones that were on the shoulder piece of the ephod, the way a gem cutter engraves a seal. Then mount the stones in gold filigree settings and fasten them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as memorial stones for the sons of Israel. Aaron is to bear the names on his shoulders as a memorial before the Lord. So here is the work of the priest, Aaron's priesthood, in the tabernacle on behalf of Israel. Let's think about another priesthood, Jesus' priesthood. Jesus' priesthood opens the true and lasting way to fellowship with God, not just for Israel, but for all. 
The priesthood of Aaron is a thing of the past. The tabernacle is gone. And the last of the temples that were built in Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans in AD 70. There's been no high priest wearing any ephod for a great long time. But the book of Hebrews sees Jesus as a new, different, better priest than any descendant of Aaron. Where they were mortal, he lives forever. And I've extracted some of the letter to the Hebrews in our epistle. And we might look at that in verse 23. Now, says the writer, there have been many of those priests, those descendants of Aaron, since death prevented them from continuing in office. And so son had to replace father. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Where they were sinners like us, the Aaronic priests, he is holy. And so verse 26 of Hebrews, such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens, unlike the other priests. He does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. Where their sacrifices were, we read elsewhere, not able to cleanse the conscience of the worshipper, Jesus went through not, you know, a, a tabernacle made of goatskin in the desert. He went through, the writer to the Hebrews says, the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. He entered, we read, the most holy place. And he's talking about an invisible spiritual really in the presence and being of God, holy place. He entered that place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. So all of this uses concepts of tabernacle and priesthood and sacrifice to talk about Jesus' death on the cross for us. Jesus' crucifixion seemed on the face of it to be just the execution of an outsider, who outraged the Jewish rulers. But its true nature and its true meaning can be described as a high priest offering the one true sacrifice for sin in the heavenly tabernacle. A sacrifice that opens the way to God for good and all. We are made for fellowship with God. When we draw near to God and find peace with him, then we can have peace with ourselves, peace in ourselves. If we are guilty, we can find forgiveness and release. If we are ashamed, we can be clothed with honour and dignity. If we are afraid or despairing or angry, we can help, we can find help from the Lord. He can give us courage and hope and replace our anger with goodwill. When we have fellowship with God, We have peace in ourselves. We can also know better fellowship with others. For God makes us brothers and sisters of our fellow believers and teaches us to live in love with our neighbours. Jesus is the one who opens the way to fellowship with God. And you don't need to go to any particular place or building to receive this, to 
to enter this fellowship. Rather, we do it as we each put our faith in Jesus, as we each turn to him in our heart and from our heart. And we say to him, open the way for me. Be my high priest and let your sacrifice extend to me so that my sin is forgiven, my shame is washed away, my sighing is turned to peace and to joy. This is Jesus' priesthood. This is what it does, what it can do for you, what I hope it does do for you. Thirdly, though, and lastly, let's talk about our priesthood. For Jesus makes those who come to him and know him as high priest, he makes them priests as well. He calls us to be priests and to be clothed as priests in virtue. So there is this other important form of priesthood that we should understand this morning, the priesthood of all believers. Let's return to a couple of verses from 1 Peter that I quoted last Sunday, and let me quote again. From 1 Peter 2, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So last Sunday I talked about Christians being kind of building blocks of a temple where God dwells, that God builds us as we come to Jesus into a spiritual house, which is his dwelling by his spirit. But today I want to note the turn that Peter takes when he says we are built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. We're not just the tabernacle, we're also the priests. And we offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So you might ask, well, what are these sacrifices? Well, just as Jesus offered his body, so we offer ours. Romans 12, 7, Paul says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You and I are called to think about our everyday lives as a priestly ministry. The sacrifice we offer to God is what we do in the meetings that we have on Monday morning. It's what we say at the dinner table on Tuesday night. It's what what we stop ourselves doing to our brother on Wednesday afternoon. It's how we drive to the gym on Friday morning. It's that we stop and rest and pray at the week's end. All of this is a priestly ministry, the offering of our lives, our bodies, our actions to God, to serve him and to help open the way to God even for others, to be a bridge by which people could come into fellowship with him through Jesus Christ. And so you might say, well, do I need an ephod if I'm a priest? And you might think, well, wouldn't it be nice to have a magnificent, bejeweled, embroidered robe to get around in? Sadly, or happily, no, you don't need to wear an ephod. But God does call us to clothe ourselves in something fitting. 
Our lives as Christians can be a bridge for others to cross into fellowship with God and eternal life with him, and so we must dress the part. What does Paul say in Colossians? Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. And over all these, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we praise you that you provide a way that we might come to you and live in fellowship with you, at peace with you. We thank you for the priests who have indicated that this way is to be open and that it is your plan and desire, priests in the order of Aaron. We thank you for Jesus, the one true, lasting and eternal priest who opens the way to you forever and for us all. And we pray that we might come to you through his ministry. And Lord, we thank you that we are called into our own kind of priesthood and we pray that we might offer the sacrifices of that priesthood, the offering of ourselves, our lives, our deeds, our bodies. And so, Lord, help us to be clothed appropriately for that. Cover us in these virtues, compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience and love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.